Hello again, this is Joshua Bell from First Christian Church in Perry, Oklahoma, picking up uh, part three of my podcast, specifically talking about the Christian Church Disciples of Christ and how we view certain aspects of what we do theologically. I left off with podcast number one talking about baptism and how it works for us in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And I, and I left off and precluded to this idea that the Lord's Supper for us is extremely important. Well, it is. <laughs> in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we believe that communion is the heart of our worship or our liturgical experience. It's uh, celebrated in this idea of a remembrance of Christ and Christ's life on earth. There's an aspect of fellowship where we draw the congregation closer together and invite others that participate into this, uh, what we call the Feast of Fellowship, which the goal then becomes the thanksgiving for the forgiveness of sins and an understanding of the renewal of life. And ultimately, it's a challenge where we dedicate ourselves to living in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Now, for us, the Lord's Supper is separated and celebrated every single week. It is also administered by lay people. For us, any Christian of all faith denominations are welcome to participate. We get this idea from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, when Jesus says, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, I've, I've struggled with this idea and concept of communion versus Eucharist for, I don't know, probably about 10 or 15 years. When I was growing up in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, there was a document that was created with the World Council of Churches called the BEM document, the Baptism, Eucharist, and Ministry document. Now, it's, it was designed specifically to show how Christian churches could work together with other faith traditions in a covenantal relationship around these three topics. Baptism for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ was something that could happen, but it was a for us, for lack of a better phrase, we called it a believer's baptism. One must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and acknowledge Jesus as Savior in order to be a part of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Back then, please understand, I'm talking about back then. Today, baptism is still a huge portion of who we are, but communion became this really interesting dialogue that took place in the 80s and the 90s, where you started seeing Christian Church Disciples of Christ ministers refer to communion as Eucharist. And the goal here was to be ecumenical. Now, I know I'm using this really big, crazy word of ecumenical, but ecumenical is just a fancy way of saying we work together with other faith traditions in the name of Christ for the common good. And so Eucharist is used by almost all of our other Christian uh, family, like if you talk to the Lutherans or the Methodists or the Presbyterians, for example, they tend to use communion and use the phrase Eucharist. The issue with this is the, the historical understanding of Eucharist for me. For example, Eucharist uh, is the Greek word for thanksgiving. It was something that was designed specifically by the early Catholic Church around the 4th or the 5th century to talk about what it was that they were doing when they gathered together and they broke bread and drank wine. Now, in order for you to participate and receive communion, 
prior to the Protestant Reformation movement, you had to be uh, affirmed and you had to have gone through confirmation. And and for a while there, you, you had to make sure that you had done certain things in order to receive communion. Now, obviously, this all changed shortly after the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s. But it's really important to understand that Eucharist has a Catholic uh, European understanding just by the vernacular. So for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, the phrase communion works better for us, but in an effort to be more ecumenical, you heard Christian Church Disciples of Christ ministers referring to Eucharist as an opportunity to Honestly, it was an opportunity to bring people together rather than pull people apart. So the theological dispute around the Lord's Supper, for some of us we call it communion, for some we call it Eucharist. The objective was, for the BEM document, it was focusing around three different terms. An understanding of memorial. For some it was the real presence of Christ and then there was always a conversation of sacrifice. In the BEM document, they talk about specifically, is Christ really present at the Eucharistic meal? Or for us, is it that meal is better understood as a way of helping us to remember what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, uh, like, a, like a memorial? If we acknowledge Christ's presence in a special way at the table, how is that presence related to the bread and the wine? And the other question that comes out of that is, is, are these elements in some way transformed to become for us as the body and the blood of Christ? Or are they to be understood as symbols of a spiritual presence that we discern and experience through faith? So let's talk about that for a little bit. So like if you're Catholic, for example, and you're listening to this, there is this uh, way of looking at Eucharist as when the, when the, when the host and the blood come together— at that moment that they are blessed, the bread or the host and the wine, which is the blood, have been transformed into the physical body of Jesus Christ and his blood. And we call that transubstantiation. Now, Martin Luther, who is just about two shades away from being Catholic, if we're being honest, especially with his polity and his liturgy, but again, that's a conversation for another day, he believed that there was a holy mystery that took place at the Eucharistic meal. But it wasn't that the bread and the wine transformed into the actual body and blood, but that the bread and wine did change and transform and will transform people, but not necessarily in the physical body. So we call that consubstantiation. And I'm only saying it that way because my accent's too thick to say consubstantiation. So... Uh, for for us, as the Protestant movement continued, the conversation as to what happens at that place became the topic of discussion. And most importantly, as, as you're listening to this, who is able to administer communion? Was it a priest that had, had some form of apostolic succession? And so just, just so that you understand that, apostolic succession means that if you're a priest— you couldn't get ordained or you had to be mentored by another priest. And that priest was mentored by another priest or another diocese. And it just continued on and on and on. And there are priests to this day that can tie their ordination to all the way back to the, uh, the Apostle Peter. Now, whether or not that's historical or isn't the point, the point is, is that that tradition has continued to believe 
in apostolic succession. And so only those that have been given the power of God through Jesus Christ can bless the bread and the wine in such a way that makes it a holy um, sacrament. Now remember, as I'm having this conversation with you, in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we don't, we don't have sacraments. We believe in ordinances, that there are certain things that we do in worship, but not necessarily based off of the tradition. Just this idea that we have to sing, we have to read the Bible, we must pray for the community, and of all things, we must share in the Lord's Supper. So for us, when the BEM document was created, we started using phrases like Eucharist, but it became confusing to those that were coming to church from other faith traditions because they would like, oh, hey, I'm Lutheran. We, we celebrate Eucharist also. And we'd say, yes, you're more than welcome to our table. In the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, it's important to understand that we acknowledge all baptisms and all those that believe in Jesus Christ. So for us, everyone is welcome to our table because that's how our tradition was created. Now, if you go to another faith tradition, say you go to a Lutheran church, they now allow strangers, for lack of a better phrase, in their midst to have and participate in Eucharist, but not the Missouri Synod. Only the ELCA movement allows those that were participating in the BEM document to participate in, in Eucharist. Now, here's the thing. In the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, another thing that separates us or actually makes us unique is the fact that while that takes place, we also acknowledge the fact that Eucharist, or for us, communion, is supposed to be done by lay leaders, not just the spiritual leaders of the congregation. So there's going to be a time when we're going to talk about diakonos and presbyteros, or what we call deacons and uh, elders, and and I spend a lot of time in working on my master's in theological studies, specifically talking about. I think the Christian Church disciples of Christ elders today are really a different terminology in Greek, but that's another podcast for another day. For us, anyone can administer the elements of worship at any point at any time. So a child can come and do bless the elements of communion. For us, the bread and the and the wine, or the juice, because most Christian church disciples of Christ prefer to use grape juice rather than wine, those don't change. They, they, they don't transform into something else. What happens is we encourage people to allow that moment to transform us and give us, for lack of a better phrase, courage and encouragement for the rest of the week. So... While the BEM document was extremely important to us, and we had a lot of clergy in the 80s and 90s that were trying to bring in this ecumenical sense, I wanted to just make sure that we took an opportunity to acknowledge the fact that what we do on Sunday is unique. It's not that it's totally different than our covenantal brothers and sisters, but it's more that ours means something different because of the BEM document. I remember... One of those people that represented us, his name was uh, Steve Cranford. I, I had the opportunity to work with him in Central Christian Church in Enid. <laughs> and and I, we talk about Youth Sunday. And I remember this one time that I got this crazy idea that I wanted to build a four-foot chalice. And I got Paul Denny and, a, and Don Engel to help build this gigantic four-foot chalice with about a 
two and a half foot opening, the bowl at the, of the cup, so that everyone could take their bread and dip it in the in the juice without having to use one of those little small cups for church camp. Steve thought this was the greatest idea, and he said, I wish I would have done this at a General Assembly millions of years ago, but it's just those ideas that communion is what draws people together, not separates or isolates. So for us, communion is extremely important, and it's also extremely important for us that we we look at our history of where that came from. For Alexander Campbell and Barton W. Stone, communion became the, the unifying presence for all of those that were seeking Christ in the frontier. So for us today, even in the 21st century, we, we find ourselves again as the Christian Church Disciples of Christ being the best kept secret, where our communion celebration is open to all and present for all, and nothing is mystical takes place at the table, but transformational takes place at the table. So I wanted to take some time and spend some time talking about communion with you, and I hope this has been helpful. Hopefully you have a chance to, to listen to this and, and to share it with others. And if you have any more questions about it, please feel free to call me at, at the church. So tune in next week as we start to talk about more about the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And uh, next week we're going to talk about Bible study. How do we do Bible study? And in the midst of that, we're going to talk about the role of the church and how you as a listener, as well as those that are participants, are able to part- be a part of this larger body of Christ. Until then, God bless and see you later. Mm-hmm.